Week four has officially kicked off with some with some more controversy on the Dolphins side of things, to say the least. And some a scary series of events involving their quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright along with CJ Medeiros. CJ, so we have a big episode planned for you guys. We're going to talk about Buccaneers Chiefs and how they're going to be staying in Tampa through Hurricane Ian. We're going to talk about Eagles Jaguars and whether or not whichever team loses is going to be a pretender, has egg in their face for the rest of the season. Going to hit hit on some fantasy stardom sit-ems as well. But first, I want to touch on Tua Tungavailoa. Now, I touched on this briefly when we were just opening, but Tua Tungavailoa was taken off the field in a stretcher, and he's now been diagnosed with a concussion. After this past, uh, this past Sunday, he also came off the field after he got hit, he stumbled getting back into the huddle and even fell down. So, CJ, I know you have some strong feelings. So, buddy, the floor is yours. Oh, I thank you for the tasteful introduction, Adam. I do appreciate it. But <clears throat> I saw what happened in that Miami game, and that was just horrendous. And my thoughts are with Tua. I hope he gets better. I, I really do. But <clears throat> plain and simple – Heads need to roll for this. You know what I mean? I, I'm, you know, forget it. I'm not even going to try to mince words. Miami, just for shamed. How did you let this happen? You finally have what looks like your franchise quarterback, and you put him out there to get killed. And then you got Mike McDaniel hemming and hawing like, oh, we take the concussion protocol very seriously. Well, I have some news for you, sir. The lie detector determined that was a lie. Because he should not have been out back in that Buffalo game. And he shouldn't even have started this week. And this isn't even about football. This is someone's life. If you get two concussions on top of each other, that can kill you. And I wouldn't blame Tua. I mean, I know he's not gonna. But if Tua wanted to say, I can't play anymore, then I wouldn't blame him. And let me tell you something. Someone screwed up. Someone screwed up. Maybe it was Mike McDaniel for literally just saying, hey, yeah, you can just jump back in the game. Or they said he cleared concussion protocol. Maybe it was whoever, you know, applied the concussion protocol, you know, should be fired. Heads need to roll for this. And this is unfortunately part of a larger trend of this tomfoolery that the Miami Dolphins are part of. Now, you know, there was the whole tampering thing and tanking, and now you're outright trying to kill your starting quarterback in the name of winning a game. He obviously wasn't right in the Buffalo game, and yet you brought him back in. And if I could have forgiven that if you sat him for Cincinnati, but you did not. You rolled the dice and you lost. And... And like the NFL Players Association are saying that they're going to bring this to the legal hemisphere. They literally said they're going to pursue ev like almost every avenue of legal action they can, and I don't blame them. And let me tell you something, NFL, if you want those safety commercials with like new turf and new helmets to mean anything, if you want your commitment to, and I use this term loosely, player safety to mean anything, 
the Miami Dolphins better get a historic punishment. Like this needs to be probably the biggest punishment ever doled out in the history of the NFL. And just a suggestion. So you know how uh, they were docked this year's first? I'd say dock their second as well for this year. Dock them next year's first. Find the organization $50 million and suspend head coach Mike McDaniel for the remainder of the season, if not for next season as well. Now, and here's the thing. As the coach, he gets a final say. If Tua passes, he can still say, no, I don't want you to. But the fact that concussion protocol obviously was not done right, and McDaniel's a smart guy. He should have known. He should have known. And, and you know, we obviously, and oh, even as a fan, you knew he, you know, if I could tell that your quarterback's hurt and you can't, we have an issue. So someone needs to get, someone needs to get suspended. Someone needs to get fired. This Miami organization should, you know, should get the book thrown at them and the hammer dropped upon them. Adam? Look, so what the league does have going for them is that the Miami Dolphins have just recently already had the book thrown at them. So they were already able to make an example of them. Now they can do that even further if they were to launch an investigation and find that something was, something went wrong, which most likely there was. And the, like, so I just hope that their training staff doesn't get, doesn't get fired, which, and they, they probably will, but I don't, I don't think they should because they don't really like, I don't, I just don't see how you could possibly find that the medical staff was hiding something unless they messed up, like they screwed up, but they're perfect. They're professionals. I don't, I don't think they messed that up. It's not that hard to, to detect a, a, a concussion, especially with how, with what was going on with Tua. What I'm thinking is something is someone, someone high up there, somebody either in the front office, either in, with ownership either with their coaching staff stepped in and they said, we need our star, our star quarterback. We're going, we want him to, we want him playing in this game. Don't like just sweep it under the rug. Somebody asked them to do that. And when you're the training staff, nobody really knows your name. You're not that high up there. And unfortunately you don't have the leverage in the organization. If they were to, to take it a step further and say, Tua can't play anyways, they were going to get blackballed. They wouldn't have a job. So the, I, I blame somebody who's high up there in that organization. And with the Miami Dolphins, they already lost the, the, they already lost the benefit of the doubt with like three different things that have already gone on in that, in that league. I think they will get the book thrown at them. They better. They, they'll, prob- they'll probably get a, a pick or two, like early picks surrendered. And they'll probably have somebody fired. Someone's going to get suspended as well. And it depends on what, what's going to happen based on the investigation. But th- something needs to happen. And if the, it's the, all eyes are on the league to, to dive into this and to find out what's going on. Yeah, Adam, you're correct. And li- like I said, if the NFL wants their ramblings about player safety to mean anything, then they better hammer Miami with a punishment. Like I said, it's got to be a historic punishment. Anything less, and I'll be disappointed. And not even because I'm a fan of a rival AFC's team. It's like, you could have killed Tua with your boneheaded decision. You really could have. And this isn't about football. This is about a guy's life. And apparently, one regular season win was worth more to you than Tua's 
you know, uh, mental health. I'm yeah. Just saying. Another thing to look at is that, look, two, I, I know everybody's saying, oh, Tua should be pissed. Tua should be really mad at the organization. And I believe you did off, off camera. Yeah, and listen, I'll say it now. He should be upset. Listen, Tua knew the risks. Tua clearly wanted to play. And Tua went out and he he listened to everybody. He could have easily just tapped out and said, I don't want to play. And that would have happened. And that, that's what, it, what would have happened. But Tua's a competitor, like many other athletes. He's a leader of that team. He really wants to show the rest of his the rest of his team, which he has a lot of pressure on him, that uh, especially this season, that I'm in it and I'm in it to win it. I'm a competitor, warrior mentality. So I don't really I don't really blame I don't I don't blame Tua for how he's feeling, but I also think, yeah, dude, you almost died. And like I guess respect for the that mentality and for showing that you really want that you really want to prove yourself. But like I he knew the risks. That's that's all I'm trying to say with that. Like and also another way to, to prove that is that just recently he tweeted thanking everybody for his support and everything and that he's feeling a lot better and he's looking to recover and eventually get back on the field. That just tells – the fact that he's on his phone tweeting while he's nursing a severe concussion, that tells me a little bit about that he really doesn't understand the risks here and that he mm-hmm. still cares more about his play on the field than he does – than he does without with his own health, which is unfortunate. And I feel like a lot of players are like that. A lot of athletes, which leaves leads to some uh, really bad, really really bad issues after their career is over. Because now you now you just you, you don't have football and you're you have brain damage. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed like you're not supposed to be on a phone. Take it take it from my someone as, such as myself who has suffered a concussion through athletics. It. When you use your phone, it prolongs it and it makes it worse. And you wouldn't think you don't think it at first. You don't think how significant it is at first because you don't feel it, but you feel it the next morning. You feel it later and it lasts much longer. It all works on it all depends on how you work uh, with how things are um, with with how with how you work how you nurse that concussion. So it sounds I mean, look, the organization's guilty, but Tua's kind of going along with it. And I'm not saying he's guilty because he's a he's a he is a victim in this, but he's he's on board with them. He there's there's really no there's really no there's really no um there's really no excuse ex, excuse for um the organization, but don't sit here and say Tua's Tua should be upset. Yeah, look, I know. He's, he's on know. board with all of this. Yes, I know. I, I am aware, Adam. But you see, here's the thing. Athletes, especially younger guys like Tua, they want to go out and prove themselves. They want to compete, and they want to play through an injury. But as the coaching staff, you basically, as the adults in the room, have to sit them down and say no. And the fact that they knew he still wanted to go out and they just let him, that's like that is just a damning you know that that's just damning. It really is. 
Yeah. Like I said, you have to be the responsible ones. You have to say, all right, Tua, no, we're going to have to rest you a few games. Also, that statement is like, oh, I'm doing better. Thanks for the well wishes. I'm telling you right now, that's damage control. That is, I would wager that that has just been manufactured by Miami, you know, as damage controls. Like, oh, I'm fine. I'm totally good. You know, and, and if they actually let him tweet that himself, then, yeah, then he doesn't understand and the organization's complicit in it. I wouldn't go that far. Look, he no, Tua no that ha- is Tua, totally manufactured. Tua has his own phone, man. He, he's not he's not being hacked by the Miami Dolphins. No, he's not being hacked, but it's Miami like, hey, d- type this. And he would, too. There. He could tell. He could easily tell tell them to go f themselves. Yeah, he could. Hey, to, but well, well you, you the, literally just said he's going along with it, so apparently not. You. That is true, I guess. But if they were telling him to say it, then that would be a bad look. And I don't think I don't think Tua would go along with that. Would you? If you're well, an athlete uh, and you're, you the organization is saying, type out saying that you're okay and that you're going to be you're that. You thank everybody for your well wishes because, like, that that's a that's really bad. I, and I don't think Tua would go along with that. I don't know him personally. I think it happens a lot more than you think. There's no there's no way they that's that's really if they if they find out that something like that is happening, then there that's there's no I I just don't I just can't see that. I I wouldn't I don't know if I'd rule it out, but. <clears throat> If that if that's what's happening, if the they are going the organization is going over and saying, type that out. Ooh, I don't know. I don't I don't know about that because I'm telling you, it happens a lot more than you think. I don't know. I I, I don't I just can't see that because at that point, then two was gonna think, dude, I almost died, and now you're trying to you're trying to go go ahead and say this. I just don't like I think two is going along with I understand why two is going along with what he's going along with. But for him to do this, I don't think so. Especially since he does have all the leverage here. Because he is he's their franchise quarterback. They're really <coughs> excuse me. They're really banking on him in such a big in such a big year where they have a lot of talent and if he were to if he were to turn around and say go f yourself then that's egg on that's egg on my the Miami Dolphins organization's face they there's no way they're, they're they're having him do all this stuff they have to be like overly nice to him like they they're probably sending him a bag of goodies they're probably doing all this stuff there's no way that they're just going to say like continue to control him like that perhaps but I don't know. I don't know because apparently some people think that you know he might just be going along with it and he's complicit in it. So where's the line drawn? I'm just saying. No, I and I hear you. I do, I do, but I don't know. That I would not shock it would not shock me if this was manufactured. Teams I would will, be willing to bet do this all the time. Why would this be different? Miami's on damage control. They know they effed up, and the public knows that they know they effed up. So, like I said, Miami is on damage control, and there's not an argument out there that would convince me otherwise. I'm sh- I'm sure it happens at in other situations, but I just think this one in particular is just. I think it, I think this one's unlikely. 
I are think you kidding me? We already right. know what kind of organization we're dealing with. I know. So, but so it's should... just really that far out of the question. But this is Tua is the key to all of this. Okay, Tua yeah. is going to be the yeah, guy. Yeah, you literally just said he was complicit he, in it. If he gets pissed off, if the, well, if this apparently, is... according to you, he's not. So, so why is this not feasible? Because if I think this is something that would piss him off. This would piss anybody off. Like, oh, thanks for the well wishes, but go f yourself if you're gonna tell me if you're gonna tell me to say that I'm okay. Especially since, I mean, like I said, like he shouldn't be on his phone. Yeah, he shouldn't. And which is just, and Miami knows about it. And you think there'd be someone with him that says, "Hey, don't use their phone," but or don't use your phone. But hey, once again, you know, Miami, uh, not the best of organizations. All right, especially with this. We do need to move on. Speaking of taking risks, uh, in the state of Florida, the Buccaneers-Chiefs game, despite Hurricane Ian, is still going to be taking place in Tampa. So we'll go over that, and we're going to go over some keys to that game. So don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros. So, turns out that after some speculation, and there was even a backup plan for where this game, the Buccaneers Chiefs, would play, which was going to be in uh, Minnesota because Minnesota is was actually going down south themselves. But it turns out the Buccaneers Chiefs game will be played in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, despite a massive hurricane uh, currently in that area sweeping through. But this is also this is also a big game for both sides. Both of them are coming off losses. They started off 2-0. Both are, suffer- are going through a couple of injuries. So, CJ, first of all, what, what are some keys to the – first of all, how does the hurricane affect this game? if there's still some effects and who has the edge in this game. Another one I, I want to ask is who needs this victory more? Well, first of all, about how it would affect the game as sports fans, we all know rain is the great equalizer. We have seen so many good teams fall to bad teams. Not that either of these teams are bad, you know, like in the rain, because, you know, you can't catch balls a little slippery, Fumbles happen, etc. And then since you're going to be playing during a hurricane, well, uh, yeah, I, it's not the great equalizer. It's the mega equalizer. And when you look at who has the edge, I would, I, I, I would usually say Tampa because it's a home game, you know? 
And yeah. but they have an air offense, you know, their running game isn't anything special. And you know, you have Rashad White who's been underwhelming, Fournette who's been underwhelming. And you know, Brady wants to air it out, but I just I don't think that's feasible. I think Kansas City's the better ground team because Clyde Edwards Alaire's been having a good season thus far. So looking at looking at the weather report, which we probably which we probably should have done off the air before we started this segment, it's actually gonna be learn. sunny in 86. What the in Tampa? So it looks so like the, the hurricane like moved past her. It looks like the hurricane's already go, already gone through like right now. All right, you know what? Then great. Then just forget everything I said. All right. Someone should have shown me a weather report. I blame Adam, but that's okay. We love him anyway. But seriously, you know what? That then screw it. Tampa's got the advantage. You know, like I said, they're they're an air raid team. They're getting Mike Evans back, and Julio Jones might play. And I believe Godwin's back too. Oh, and if Godwin's back, then there you got the triple crown. Bing, bang, boom. And but KC, I like their offense just a little better. But the Tampa defense is also going to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with. But Mahomes has found some success. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. But if you want to ask a team to get a stop, I think you're better off with Tampa's defense. I think Tampa's defense gets the final stop, and it's going to be like a one-score game. Maybe something along the lines of like 28-24 or something like that. So I actually tend to think that this this game is going to come down to which offensive line holds up the best because that's that's the Achilles heel of Tampa. It's been it has been their their Achilles heel for essentially their uh their entire time with with Brady at uh in Tampa is has been if their offensive line doesn't perform then they don't win because that's that's what you that's how what you need to do when you have Tom Brady. You have to keep him on his feet and if you keep him on his feet then he's going to pick apart any defense. And I just don't think I Kansas City's defense this year is no pushover. They're 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 a very balanced team this year. They're not just the electric offense that just puts 40 uh 30 to 40 points on you and it doesn't matter if you score 25 to to 30 because they're just going to they're going to score 35. It's just that t- it's been that type of team in years past. Now they can win by scoring in the mid tw- mid to upper twenties, because they'll they'll hold you to they'll t- they'll hold you to the low twenties. So I think I think that offensive line really needs to really needs to work its magic, because they they're facing a lot of injuries down in there, especially in the uh, on the interior. They're gonna they're they're really gonna need that, and. Everywhere else, it looks fine. They're often there. I wonder if there's going to be any rust with all of these injury injured players coming back from Tam, for Tampa uh, for Tampa. But I I don't know. It's a very close. It's it looks. It's tough to pick a team in this because I might have to lean Tampa. They have the they do have the home field advantage. They have more weapons. Um. And we'll have to see who's going to be playing and who's not. But I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean Tampa. But I also wouldn't be surprised if uh, Kansas City comes in, goes in there and, and wins the game because it's just that. It's just that type of balanced team that really is. They're just they're just balanced. Balanced wins. Balanced wins championships. 
So I, I kind of like Kansas City. I don't know. I, I'd have I need some time on this one, but I think yeah. But let's let's get to who win, who needs this win more. I'd say the Buccaneers. Oh, abs- there's not a doubt in my mind. The Buccaneers. You have Tom Brady in his age 45 season, potentially his last year. More than likely, yeah. So you need to rack up as many wins as you can to get up there in the standings because that home that home field advantage is going to be very very important for them. Mm-hmm. They had to go on the road over no did they no they did not have to go on the road last, this over the oh, during the postseason but their offensive line was a factor in that game so they're going they're they're going to need it yeah yeah I uh, honestly the the magic and the high flying power of Tampa's offense seems to have evap- evaporated. Be that because all his weapons are hurt. Be that because Brady's lines hurt. Well, yeah, actually both. The whole team has just been ravaged by the injury bug. And if they beat a team like Kansas City, I think that would go a long way for their hopes. But if they drop this game, I don't know. Maybe they're one and done in the playoffs. You never know. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're um, obviously the best out of their division. I mean, heck, they even beat their boogeyman in the Saints. But, but you know, but there's other, like, better teams out there, you know, like uh, Philly and L.A. and, I guess, to an extent, even Green Bay? I don't know, especially if they have to venture out of Tampa. Green Bay is going to be in con- in contention for their division, but I don't think they're – the only reason that they won the other game the, game the other day – uh, this past Sunday is because there were so many injuries on Tampa on Tampa's side yeah. that Green Bay just doesn't have the firepower to comp- to compete with a with a healthy Tampa Bay even with even with the state of the offensive line for the Buccaneers because they don't even have a good good enough pass rush to to exploit it I I just I have to I have to re- I have to lean Tampa Bay no matter how good of a secondary you have which is a great secondary for for Green Bay but you're not. If Tom Brady's upright, then it doesn't matter who's back there. He's picking you apart. So uh, that's, yeah. I don't know about Green Bay, but definitely the Eagles are a team that look like they could be a threat. Um, but that division for the for the Buccaneers doesn't look so good either. Like, we thought, we thought the Saints were going to be in contention with them for the division. We thought they'd compete. And Winston's looking like the same old guy that he was in – Back in Tampa, mm-hmm. he doesn't look good at all. And let's no, not. I'm, no, he does not. Let's not even get started on how Baker Mayfield's doing with his new team. So, like, it looks like they have that division one. It just it's a it's a question on whether or not that team on whether or not that division can really, um, or on whether or not that team can really get up there in the in the playoff picture because getting that number one seed is going to be really important. Um, yeah. Looking at the Chiefs, even though we said the Buccaneers need it more, that division's also kind of underachieving. And the the Broncos could just screw their heads on straight and figure things out. But the Raiders started 0-3, and it looks like they look lost out there. Careless turnovers and really poor, really poor coaching decisions. On top of that, um, the Chargers are just falling apart at the seams with injuries, and their coaching is not 
looking good either. So the Chiefs, yeah. the, like both divisions for these two teams are just not looking good. And the Chief, the Buccaneers and Chiefs are just proving to the league that they have stuff figured out. They have their team and looks like experience. And, you know, you don't have to be the winner of free agency in order to, to be the contending team. You just need experience. You need to be a competitor. You need to have that homegrown talent and you need to have that franchise quarterback the Tom Brady, the Patrick Mahomes. But you don't need to you don't need to have these superstar players you sign in free agency. Yeah. You know, it's almost like uh buying your way to the top rarely works unless you're the Rams. And that's like the first time, you know, in like a, a while where that's actually worked. But I mean, that's kind of where they were already they already had some established talent. Yeah. And true. then they kind of they tweaked the team. They did trade their franchise quarterback for another guy but you know it, i i guess you're right it's yeah. it, but I, I guess we've just been seeing a trend where court where quarterbacks on new teams have been winning super bowls tom brady just tom brady did it a couple of years ago matt stafford last year so i guess this is a nice change of pace but yeah we do want to move on and uh we're going to hit on this Eagles versus Jaguars matchup. Now, if you were to look, if you were to, if we were to talk about this matchup um, a year ago, and say that this is going to be a segment on the show, we would be, people would be la- be laughing our their heads off and say, and probably tuning off. But with how these two teams have been going, it has some storylines to it. So we'll get to that next. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Here's Edelman broken up, and the pass is no sign yet. Edelman comes down with a football. They're saying it's a catch. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros. So, the Eagles are going to face the Jaguars this season, uh, coming up this Sunday. And looking at this, the Eagles, don't, go, don't look now, but they're 3-0. and And now actually the only team who is undefeated, the Jaguars... After spending through their faces in free agency, they had they their number one overall pick from a couple of years ago. Um, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's now playing fairly well. Both teams off to good starts, both with question marks entering the season. Now, if one team beats the other, is the loser of this team, uh, the, is the loser of this game branded? a pretender, like a team that we don't really take seriously the rest of the season. CJ. Yes, I do think that. 
And I'm not saying I agree with that narrative. I'm just saying the loser of this game will be branded a pretender by the NFL media, even if they're not. For example, if Jacksonville pulls out the win over Philly, they're going to be like, oh, Philly's not for real. They're pretenders. Yeah, I'm like, and, and yet I don't know for sure about that. I really don't. I think Philly's more legit than Jacksonville, but if Jacksonville could pull off the upset, then truthfully they might be legit and they might actually take you know the afc south philly i think is legit regardless and especially if they beat and i think jacksonville is more likely to be labeled a pretender than philly but i but i think philly is more legit and if they win this they're going to be even more legit if that makes any sense so I looked. At, I look at this matchup between the Eagles and the Jaguars, and like like I said, like this this would be a joke of a matchup like last year, and now we're looking at it, and both teams are actually looking pretty good early on in the season, and I'm thinking like, if you're the Eagles, you got all of this talent, and you're off to a red hot start, and. You like I said last year when we were talking about the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Usually, when you throw a whole team together out of just just you put it together like overnight. If you guys are contenders, it takes a it takes a few weeks to get going. It takes some time to gel because you it's all, so many new faces you're working with. It takes some time for that relationship to be to be established. But now look, but looking at it, you got off to a red hot start. 3 and 0 and you looked good doing it and you beat some good teams. If you were so you that means that you should be getting better after that. So if you look at this with the Jaguars, 2 and 1, they have a chip on their shoulder. They weren't supposed to be contenders at all. And then you lose to them? I don't know if I could unsee that for a really long even if they start to win games again, you lost to Jacksonville. Now, you could look at it the other way and say, oh, well, if yeah. the, the winner of this team throw, shows that they're a contender, maybe the Jaguars are legit. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know if they are. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they are either, but, but no matter where you stand on them, I think we can all agree these are not the Jaguars of yesteryear. These are not the Jaguars of yore. You know, they're really yeah. not. And they're leaps and bounds better than they were last year because, you know, they actually have a good coach or at least a competent one if, you know, you're not high on Peterson. But uh, I don't – I'm, I'm kind of with viewers. I don't know what they are, but they're, they're good. And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked to see them win the AFC South if, if things keep trending as they are. Yeah, and looking at the looking at the Jaguars, if they lose this game, then it's really not as big of a deal for the as it would for the Eagles. No, but it no. still kind of is because they spent. They, like I said, they spent through their faces in free agency. Yes. They they went out and they worked on that offensive line for for uh, for Trevor Lawrence, and they they got some pieces on defense, especially in the draft, mm-hmm. and they look and. They spent on some toys for Trevor Lawrence. They got they got Christian Kirk. They have and Zay, Zay Jones has looked good, and uh, Evan Ingram has is a is a guy who's out there. 
<laughs> I'll say that much. He's there. I was gonna say. I thought you were gonna say he was going. Like, eh. He's he's there, and he, we know what his potential is. So, like, it still kind of is. Like, if you lose, if they lose, then it means everything they've done be, with this two and one start. If they lose, then it means ah, eh, you know they they want they won these games, but they were just paper wins. They, really? they took advantage of a Chargers team that was riddled with injuries. Oh, and... No, I don't think that's fair. Look, I'm sorry. Un- unless it's like the end of the year and you're fighting for a playoff spot, one loss doesn't derail your season, you know? What, I mean, unless they get like blown out like 40 to nothing, I wouldn't think one loss changes the narrative all that much. Like I said, paper wins or not, they still at this point in time have just as many wins as they did last year. And we know they're going to get more and we know they're improved. So I don't understand what the panic's about. And like I said, unless it's like you're fighting for the playoffs at the end of the season, one game does not make or break you. Yeah. Especially in week four. It could certainly show who you are. If you yeah, run into if you run into this really... Eagles team who's been steamrolling over teams, mm-hmm. and then and then you're next on the list, then well, it well then that would literally say more about Philly than it does about you. Well, if they're that much better than you, then you know if they like if they straight up blow you out, then I wouldn't. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could. They they may not even be even pretenders at that point. They could just stink the bed for the rest of the season. Well, what, the what, what was that division that, is god awful. What was that tweet that the Jaguars put out? They were like Pain? two and zero and not and not satisfied. Oh, it was yeah. like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Didn't go so well, did? Okay, so yeah, but you always say you don't like things that are anal- that aren't analytical. That's really not. So so you're literally basing a loss this week on like two seasons ago about well, hey, remember how that happened? Well, that's when really you- more anecdotal than anything. Well, when you when you look at stuff that happens early on in the season, uh-huh. you don't have any analytics to really play off of, ba- other than other than the season prior. So okay. you kind of really have to look at it like that. You ha- you have to look because there's not much to go off of. It's a it's a yeah. small sample yeah. size, so we're still figuring out what these teams uh, okay, are. Okay, okay, okay. So yes. Two teams, fair, fair, off to a but, very good start. But if one of if one that, of them suffers that a humiliating that loss, two and zero. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. If that is that two and O team from like two years ago, better than this team now? I'm sorry. You... This team is better at darn near every position. Right, but better isn't always good. As in, no. I mean, what? better isn't always mean that you're good, right? Like you could still be. Uh-huh. You could be better than you were before, but like, like if you still, if you. Yeah, my point is, I'm say, just saying it's different, man. I am just saying it's different. Let's say, CJ. Let's say one day you decided not to shower, but oh, and somebody tell, tells you you smell. Where put some deodorant on? You put deodorant on, but you're still not showered, so you still smell bad. You may not smell as bad as you were before, uh-huh. but you still smell bad. Look, look. An analogy aside, is that really how you view this Jacksonville team? I don't know what they are. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. If the I don't Jaguars either. were to and, pull look, off the look, victory. Look, look, analogies and hyperboles aside, I'm just saying, like, one game doesn't wreck your season, you know? So you're – you're so. I'm just saying yeah. don't overreact. 
Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. How, we'll see. How well, and, 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 I, and I know they will. And unless it's like a monumental blowout, then then the NFL world should calm themselves. But I know they won't. Yeah. And uh, it, it has this has been a very good start for Trevor Lawrence. And Jaguars fans should be very happy with how he's been playing this so far this season. Let's see if it continues. Or if it doesn't, and the Eagles just smack them into last year, quite literally, because they only had, what, two wins last year? <laughs> um, but we do want to move on, and we're going to get to the Fumble Ruski Fantasy Fix. We're going to get into some stardom sit for each position. You're not going to want to miss that. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Ruski Podcast. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright here with CJ Medeiros. So we're on to our Fumble Ruski fantasy fix where we're going to do some stardom sit-ems. We're going to start at the running back position where we're going to tell you to put your in your starting lineup Brees Hall at Pittsburgh and following by Jamal Williams versus Seattle. Those are two guys who you want in your starting lineup. Going on to sits, we're going to hit on Travis Etienne at Philadelphia and then Ezekiel Elliott versus Washington. Now going to wide receivers, we're going to start Chris Olave versus Minnesota, and we're going to start Michael Pittman versus Tennessee. Then going to sits, we're going to sit the entire Pat, uh, New England Patriots wide receiver core. Trust me, because it hurts us to, to hate on Hoyer the Destroyer. But it yep. must be done. You got Brian Hoyer. You, so you combine Brian Hoyer with the Green Bay secondary. And 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 add in a dash of Matt Patricia's play calling. And add a dash. Yep. You're gonna <laughs> get some turn. Yep. And that's also a nice little a little prerequisite to our defenses we were gonna start, which is uh the Green Bay Packers. <clears throat> Spoiler alert. Um but we're also where lost my place. Lost my place. Uh I- Wide receivers we're going, sit. We're gonna, yep, yeah, we're gonna sit Robert Woods at Indianapolis. He's not off to the best start, and Indianapolis actually has a pretty good secondary. Mm-hmm. Going over to quarterbacks, we're going to start wide receiver. Excuse me, we're gonna start Aaron Rodgers. He might as well become a wide receiver with his core. Oh, but yeah. he throws and uh, catches at New England. New England. So no, no, they're not at New England. They're they're. Uh, playing. They're, they're playing, hosting. they're playing, they're hosting new England and that's going to be a good matchup for him. So start him and uh, Kirk cousins at new Orleans. We're going to start him for sits. We're going to go with Jared Goff versus Houston. And we're going to sit Derek Carr against Denver going on to tight ends. We're going to start Robert Tunyon versus new England. And we're going to 
put in Gerald Everett at Houston, going to sits for tight ends. Tyler Conklin at Pittsburgh. Look, Pitt, uh, Tyler Conklin's had a great start to his season. A lot of that is because of pass-heavy uh, Joe Flacco, who also just loves Tyler Conklin. Because he you're loves his checkdowns. You're transitioning to a new quarterback, so he's a big question mark. If you want to start him, go ahead. If you need other, if you don't have any other options, but proceed with caution if you're going to. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're gonna. We're going to sit Noah Fan at Detroit. Going over to defenses, we're going to start. I told you guys, Packers versus New England. Mm-hmm. If that if that defense is available, or if you have it on the bench, start it. Packers defense. Steelers defense at New York, uh, uh, at the New York Jets. They may be traveling over at uh, over to New York, but new quarter. Uh, you got a new quarterback who's just starting off, and he threw a lot of turnovers this past season. Uh, so yeah, start him. Start that defense. Going over to sits. We have two defenses facing each other. Bill uh, Bill's defense at ball. Ba- at Baltimore and Ravens defense at Buffalo. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a shootout and I would not I wouldn't touch those defenses with a fo- with a 10-foot pole. But if you have pass catchers in those games, start them as well. Mm-hmm. Start them. That whole offense is going to just both offenses are just going to absolutely violate each other. But there you go with our stardom situms. Uh CJ, do you have any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? Uh, you know what? I really don't. Nice. Uh, can't say I do either, but we're going to, I guess we'll just call it. So that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have all new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.